clear, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. All right, welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline, powered by Station Casinos and the STN app. That's Stevie Slapshot on Dana Lane from the Brian Blessing Studio. Proud to say that. Got some housekeeping that people will want to know. It's just, we're all over the place. I know one's supposed to be a hockey show, one's not. But um, interesting that just got a press release that the NFL has adopted a proposal by the Eagles and the Colts. Uh, to ensure both teams will have a possession in overtime, uh, but only for the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, what does? I mean, I don't understand. Uh, only for the playoffs. I yeah. This needs to happen in the regular season. It's a, it's insane. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. This oh. is one of the things that I think college does. That's right, and you could say, well, okay, you know, starting from the twenty-five is fluky, or the thirty, or, okay, twenty-five, it's fluky, I guess. It is. But what's also fluky is when a coin flip means so much to winning and losing. Yeah, in a season where you have only only a few games. Correct. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it right. drives me insane. Um, of course, uh, Ottawa. And, Yesterday, the Senators announced the passing of Eugene Melnick after a, a long illness. And, a, you know, he, he, love him or hate him. I mean, he was certainly a character in the league. And I don't mean hate, but, you know, certainly during some contract negotiations, people were kind of scratching their heads up in Ottawa, what was going on. And then they had a fire sale. And, you know, I mean, so it, nothing. Hey, we're, we're experiencing our own issues here as well. So those are just a few things I wanted to to uh, get out there before we moved on and you know just looking at this western conference now it's completely insane with some teams having 14 games left as many as 18 games Uh, there are teams there's still 11 teams that have legitimate a legitimate chance to make the postseason and that definitely includes the the Vancouver Canucks, will, who will try to avenge their four one loss to St. Louis. I want to welcome in uh, the man who is a terrific color commentary uh, commentator for the Vancouver Canucks, a seven year NHL vet and advocate for mental health. Our old friend Curry, uh, Corey Hirsch, who has been on this show before, spent a little bit, but you've done okay for yourself since the last time we've talked. Uh, I think, yeah, everything's rolling right along. You know, we've got a lot going on, especially uh, I've got a Players Tribune podcast with mental health. It's called Blindsided. You can get it anywhere. And I'm going to give myself a shameless plug there. Yeah, no problem. Kurt Warner, Bubba Watson, uh, Kevin Love, Daryl Sador. I've I've had lots of probably have Robin Leonard on soon. Uh, it's all basically like my story, guys that have gone through mental health issues and like things and have dealt with them and come out the other side so i encourage people to listen to it there's some great stories and it just might help somebody i, so I love it yeah i want to ask you about that uh in a second i am curious though the last time you were on this show and we talked we've talked since then but uh, last time you were here in town you were looking to say hey to the golden knights i i'm ready to be on this broadcast team uh, that didn't quite work out didn't work out for a lot of us uh, but 
the next time I, I I look up and you're in Vancouver with a brand new phone number and you're with the Canucks and I mean fill in the pieces in between there. What happened? How did you go from Vegas yeah. to, to Vancouver? Just you know what? I, since I played here, uh, the rights changed and, and the radio came up. And Mike, you know, I love media, and, and I came down, and it was great. You meet so many cool people um, like you guys, and, and um, you know, I'd, I'd heard Brian Blessing had passed now, so uh, you know, it's a little head stuff when I heard that. But you know, he's a super nice man. But as far as coming here, um, you know, it's just been it's been great. Vancouver is such a beautiful city. I yeah. recommend anybody that gets a chance here. It's been tough. With the Canucks, though, I mean, they've been, man, they've got some good players. They had such a tough start, and uh, now they're they're rolling right along. And Vegas is going to have their hands full. Uh, if they don't outwork the Canucks, um, you know, that talent doesn't doesn't mean much. So you got to work against the Canucks because they have a, a great work ethic. Well, we'd like to, as a, you know, we as a local fan base here, we'd like to get healthy coming up. There's, of course, matchups with Vancouver and, and Arizona, you know, and Seattle. I mean, teams that you would think that if you're pushing towards the playoffs uh, that you, you know, you have a chance against at least. But from a Vancouver standpoint, you're probably thinking, hey, look, uh, Vegas is, is fielding uh, basically an AHL team. Obviously, there's st- still some pieces there with Jack Eichel. We don't know exactly what we're going to get when Vegas, uh, when we see Vegas. But you guys, uh, aside from a loss uh, to St. Louis, which you get to avenge, you have to think if we could get some depth scoring on this team that you're moving right along as well. And the bigger picture, Corey, is you know going into next year, you have to think, well, maybe we're not going to be in the rut that we started out with, and we can we can start off fresh. And uh, you know, who knows what there is going to be some movement for sure. But you know, I think the future looks br- pretty bright for Vancouver, don't you think? Yeah, you know what? They're they're moving right in the right direction. Rutherford's been known to put together good teams. Um, you know, they they where they really it's where they messed up was they let Tanev go for nothing, Markstrom go for nothing, uh, Toffoli go for nothing for one run at a, a two rounds of playoffs in the bubble. So um, that's where the mistake was made, and that that won't happen again with Rutherford. They they brought in. Uh, you know, new people um, after Jim Benning, and, and it's been a big difference. But I, you know, what I was going to ask you all that: what what is going on in Vegas? Is it something in the water? <laughs> like, like the injuries are yeah. out of control, and, and top high end players, Pacioretty, Stone, Leonard. You know, you just got Eichel back. It's been unbelievable. I'm hearing Leonard might be back soon, though, and, and I, I'm, I'm hoping for him that that happens. Yeah, he skated yesterday, and you know who knows. They're very tight, tight-lipped as an organization. I mean, we you flip on the TV and you see who's on, you know, who's doing line rushes. I mean, we, we did that, uh, yeah. you know, a week and a half ago, and all of a sudden there's Pacioretty. We had no idea he was going to be on the ice. So <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, you're playing tonight. That's fantastic. Um, but from your well, standpoint, why is it such a big secret? Why is it? Well, I don't, I don't know. Do you, I mean, I never understood that. I mean, it's yeah. just like, I mean, listen, I, I'm in your boat too. But I also understand if I asked uh, Kelly McCrimmon why that is, I mean, you know from a competitive yeah. standpoint that, hey, if you got an upper body injury, you know, my, my skates might lift yeah. off the ice just a little bit more knowing you got a bum shoulder. So yeah. maybe that's it. But no. I, I wouldn't put it past teams to say you got an upper body injury and, and their ankle hurts. I, I think that's where we're going at this point. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. It's 
Yeah, but I, you know, I, I feel for Vegas because that's a great team they put together, and they've had some good runs, and then they go and get Eichel, and then just get hammered with injuries. It's unbelievable. The start, the Canucks have stayed healthy down this stretch. Yeah. That's been the biggest difference. None of their high end players have gotten um, hurt yet, and you know, knock on wood, I, I, I do Sportsnet Radio for the Canucks. But man, that's the difference, right? If you, if you can stay healthy. Um, you know, it can make the difference between winning the Stanley Cup as well. Do you? Does it really just come down to this? Because you know, you have. Uh, I mean, Thatcher Demko. I have been a huge fan of him for you know ever since. Uh, I mean, uh, when Vancouver played Vegas, obviously he was fantastic. That to me is when he really got on uh, in the postseason. That's when he got on my radar. But for you and your team that you represent, do you really need guys like Connor Garland and you need Brock Besser? Do you need them to be offensive forces to really have a chance to get into yeah, the postseason? You, you really do. Connor Garland hasn't scored, I think, in 12 games. Yeah. He's played well. I think he had five or six shots last night. But, yeah, you need those goals. And then Brock Besser's been uh, inconsistent. But the guy that's carrying it is JT Miller. Um, he's been unbelievable, right? And uh, he's uh, he went on a 14-game point streak. Uh, he really turned into a player. You know that there's that point in every athlete's career, like in sport, whether it's football or whatever. It's like 27, 28, where they kind of figure it out. They finally figure it out. And JT Miller's gotten there, and he's a UFA at the end of the year next year. Um, so they got another year with him, and then they have to figure out what they're going to do. So uh, we'd like to keep him in Vancouver, but uh, you know it's going to be his choice, uh, and and. Man, he's he's been the difference. He really has been. And so, you know what? I should Thatcher Demko. You know, having a goalie makes the world oh, a difference. He's amazing. Too, right? He's incredible. As you guys are seeing right now. Yeah. And not no disrespect to the guys that are playing right now for you guys, but they're not. You have two rookies in goal right now. What can you expect from them? You know, and it's uh, so you know they're doing what they can. I think we like Logan Thompson. We're very yeah. high on, on Logan and. and I mean, listen, great players have to start out somewhere. And I, we just had yeah. this you know, discussion uh, with a beat writer here in town, and I just said, look, you know, Brassois was a guy that you know, was supposed to be the number two guy, and I, I was even healthy. That was the part of this team where I said, okay, are, are they going to be able to hold up? Because Robin Leonard's best year, and I'm not – I like Robin, and I hope he has a tremendous amount of success. I like him personally. I like the way he handles himself. I I like his grittiness and his edginess and all that stuff that comes with him. But when push comes to shove, his best year in New York with the Islanders, when he was third in Vezina Trophy voting, was because he played in a system that protected him on most nights. I mean, they didn't yeah. ask him to go 35-40 saves deep on most nights. Now, what's going to happen when you go to a team that plays transition hockey, and you know when you play transition hockey, uh, you're going to be asked not only to stop a lot of pucks, but you're also going to have to stop a lot of two-on-ones and three-on-twos. Yep. Yeah, and that's where he gets scored on his goalie, off the rush. You know, off the rush is where you're going to get you're going to get lit up. And if you give up two-on-ones, breakaways, and that's what happened at the Cox at the start of the year. And then when Boudreaux came in, they implemented a better defensive system, and it's made the world of difference. And, hey, I love watching offense. Nobody wants to cheer for defense. That's right. Nobody wants a left-wing lock again. Right? <laughs> right? So, 
Um, yeah, and, and, and Robin's a great goalie, and the, but they, they're going to want to win in the playoffs. They're going to have to. Uh, your offensive, really high-end offensive guys have to commit to defense. And, you know, when you do that, you actually get more points, you know, because the other team turns the puck over and you go the other way. But it's hard to change guys' mentality that if they don't cheat to the offense, they're not going to get points. But you get more points playing good defensive hockey, like I said, because teams turn the puck over. And then you get going and transition the other way. And that's where, where the Canucks have really done a nice job. Uh, coach Bradshaw here is an outstanding defensive coach. And, uh, you know, it's just made the world of, world of difference. They had such a bad start. I think they were like 6-22 and 22 or something ridiculous. Uh, and the, from where they climbed out of, to actually be in the hunt right now is, is pretty dang impressive. So, so are the hockey ops up there, Corey. You, you talked about Rutherford. Cami uh, Granado on staff. She obviously yep. knows hockey from that hockey family. Do you have much um, interaction with the twins, uh, the, the Sedin brothers? How, how, how are they helping out? Well, you know what? Other than, you know, uh, stalking them in their bushes every day. Uh, hey, Daniel Henrik, I'll be here when you get back. <laughs> no, no, I respect they're, that. They're such good people. They're such good people. But, no, you know what? When you're in media, as you know, there's kind of a bit of a line you have to keep, right? So, um, you know, and even though I was a former player, uh, I know I know all these guys. And, and if seeing them, we can have coffee, whatever. But, there's a bit of a, a boundary there that you have to keep. I would tend to see them more in the summer. Uh, and, man, they're just good people. Like, they do so much for the community here. Uh, you know, you can't say enough good things about them. And, and their knowledge, their hockey knowledge, right? That's how you get a, great, a good team is you have hockey knowledge, people that know the game. So, so tell me a little bit more about Patrick Alvin. He's the one guy that I don't know very much about. He's the general manager up there. How's, how, obviously, he's bringing in good players. How, how's it working out with him up there? Yeah, you know what? And it's the same. Very quietly. I, I don't know a lot about him either, to be honest. Um, but Jim Rutherford, I think, is pulling the strings right now. And Patrick Alvin is, is kind of like, um, you know, he's a smart man. And eventually, like, it's kind of going to they, – they work really well together. But I think Rutherford's the guy that's going to be have the final say. But eventually, Rutherford's getting older, right? I mean, so uh, it'll transfer over to, to Patrick Alvin full completely eventually. And he'll know everything that Rutherford does. I mean, Rutherford's had a great career as a general yeah. manager. And, um, it's been impressive, especially for an old goalie, like, <laughs> right? We've yeah. all – Goalies, we've been hitting the head so many times with Fox. How do we even still think properly? <laughs> We're uh, talking to Corey Hurst, the color commentator uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, a seven-year NHL veteran. And I just want to throw two names out at, at, out at you. Tell me what the future holds for them. First, Brock Besser uh, from from one spectrum, and then on the other spectrum, of course, we'd like to. Keep up with our old Vegas Golden Knights here, and I think Brad Hunt probably uh, is a UFA and probably is is going to see greener pastures next year. I would assume. Yeah, and that that's you know the but but the thing about a guy like Hunt is is that you still do want him in your organization, right? So is he a seven? Uh, is he an extra guy? He's he's gotten uh, more ice time because Pullman's out. Uh, on the right side there, so he's you know he can play right or left. I think you can keep him as a depth guy, you know, at the at the league minimum. Um, 
But as you as you say, I mean, hey, we all get older. Right? It's like we wish we could play the game forever, but we can't. Uh, but what a good what a good guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, as far as Brock Besser, probably you know he's an RFA at the end of the year, and he's going to want to get paid. You know, he's going to have another twenty goal season this year. Uh, so you know where that sits, dollar and cents wise. I'm not sure. You know, I, I got I would think that they'll probably, and I don't know anything on the inside about this. I would think that they would probably move him, uh, just because you know I he's going to command too much money. Yep. And you know, so so we'll see how all that plays out. Another good 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 human being. Um, so we'll 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 see how that all plays out when it's done. I guess. Yeah, because um, the thing is, Corey. Know, and, I mean, for the amount of money he's making. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you're not looking for him. I mean, I don't think anybody said, oh, he's a 20-goal guy. I think we were looking, you know, I mean, the expectations would maybe a little bit higher in the inconsistencies in his game. Uh, yeah. He gets hot, but then he, you know, he completely disappears for long periods of time. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy for, that should be a 30-goal guy uh, based on yeah. what he is getting paid. So I don't think 20 is, is going to make the organization happy. No, and, and and since he's an RFA, right? I mean, he's he's probably not going to go backwards in salary. So, uh, yeah, what are you going to pay this guy uh, for a twenty goal, you know, twenty goal season? Uh, you know, consistently twenty, but yeah, thirty, thirty-five. Where does he project? Uh, he's a little bit uh, not sweetest of foot, and that's okay. You know, we're not all. I, I'm not a speedster myself. <laughs> I do play forward in beer league, but. Uh, I got great hands, but no feet. Yeah. <laughs> as far as Brock Bester goes. Yeah, you should see me walking into yeah, the studio. Yeah. I got no feet either. It's, right? it's difficult. Yeah, I hear you, right? Some jokes are better uh, but than others. as far as, uh, as he goes, some, someone will get a good player, unless the Canucks decide to keep him, but what, what dollar amount? Yeah. Um, you know, and other teams are going to look at that, too. They're going to say, what do we got to pay this guy? Um, so, you know, that's a, that might be a tough move, or, or you just got to sit and let him you know, hold out and, and wait, and that happens too. Well, Corey, I mean, it's, you know, people are, I'm going to ask about, uh, you're certainly an advocate for mental health. You've been through some personal tragedy yourself. You've been dealing with anxiety and OCD, and I think it's important. I, I don't know, and I thought about this last night. I thought, well, is this something that, you know, he wants to to talk about or not talk about and i thought well i mean if you're an advocate for it then the only way to be an advocate is to talk about it so i guess i'll bring it up Uh, for you have you ever have you ever taken a step back and i and i tend to ask this question to guys because i'm so uh, maybe enamored with their their careers and where they started versus where they are And, and sometimes during during that travel you never get to you don't really live in the moment or appreciate the moment but but Corey, honestly, for all the things that you have dealt with, you have a resume that others would not have in that same position. Do you ever take a chance or take a a second and pat yourself on the back a little bit for not only overcoming uh, your uh, your your mental health issues, but being able to accomplish what you've done? Yeah, no, man. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, I, my stuff's all out there. Nothing's not off the table. So I, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's it's what I do, right? Um, and you know what? It's hard to like. It's hard to just sit there and and it's and because I'm just I'm just me. Right? I'm just doing what I'm doing. Yeah, you could tell that talking. Uh, I like using yeah. my platform. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to talk to people and meet people and just, you know, when you help somebody, there's no greater feeling. And, you know, everyone, we're all searching for meaning and, and life purpose and all that. And for me, it's it's helping other people. Like, that's where I, I get my healing out of it, too. I have my struggles, and uh, that's what, you know, it, it fills me up. It, it helps me to heal. So, um, you know, I encourage people to go get the help if they can get it. There's, you know, and, and I know affordability is a part of it. We've got a long way to go. But, you know, there's programs in place. you got to dig a little where, where you can get some financial help. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it makes all the difference in the world going and, and finding, um, you know, the, having a better life and, and just, uh, I, and that's what I preach. And if you're out there struggling, you know, or, or you're thinking of, uh, you know, hurting yourself or whatever, hey, man, I promise you it gets better. Look at me, right? Uh, how great is everything going in my life? I, I get agree. to talk to you guys. Uh, right well, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, really, this is the epitome <laughs> of your career, and uh, we hope you, you can maintain this <laughs> plateau you've reached. Hey, hey, Corey, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I have a, I unfortunately have a, a um, friends and uh, and family that that have had trouble with alcohol, and 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 are trying to get through it. Yeah. And and for them, uh, the, 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 a lot of the process is just talking to somebody. That 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 that's and, yeah. and so and so the in in that regard the money doesn't come into it. If if you just if you find the right person yeah. to talk to, man, spend as much time as you can talking with them. That that'll help you through it, right? Oh, absolutely. Friends are so important, and I always talk to people. You know what? Listen without judgment. We all got stuff, right? Right. Um, yeah. And the other thing I always say to people is, one of the things that that we want to try to do is point out how great people's lives are. And you know what? When someone's really struggling, that actually makes them feel worse because it's it's almost like they feel guilty for for struggling the way they are and not being, you know, thankful for what they have. So it's more about just listening, man, and then not offering solutions. Sometimes people just want to, you know, sometimes people just want to talk. And um, and and ultimately, at the end of the day, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. That's it's exactly a person's right. responsibility, yeah. right? So, but hey, man. You know what? If you be there for them, be non-judgmental. Eventually, they might come to you. But w- uh, and uh, you know, it's just being a good friend is, is such a massive part of it. And if someone doesn't understand, that's okay. Uh, maybe they're not your people. Go find your people, and that's that's who I am too. But what about? I mean, kids today. I mean, you have. Uh, I, I think I remember you have three yeah. kids. Uh, one plays hockey or played hockey, and I mean, kids are going through so much more than they ever did just because of the inclusion of social media. It, it, you know, it used to be a day where you had a beef with somebody at school and you would let it go and you would go home and you'd sleep on it and that would be that. Now they bring it home with them on, on their phones and they're still fighting yeah. you know, all night long and then you get to school and, and melee com- completely breaks out. So I would think you would be a fantastic pillar in your house for your kids to say I understand exactly. if that is happening, but it's happening more than it's than it used to, and you're a guy that really understands the fabric of where that comes from, and I would think that would be a tremendous asset as you're bringing up your children. Uh, no question. You know what? Like, uh, you know, I had my struggles. I almost took my own life at one point. Uh, my daughter came to me because we talked about it in our home, and I said, hey, you, you got any issues, you, you come to me, right? Uh, no judgment here. 
she comes to me when she's 15 and she says, Dad, I'm, I'm having some struggles. So she goes and gets a diagnosed. Mm-hmm. We get her to the therapist. Long story short, you know, she gets diagnosed with OCD like I did. She will never get to that place that I did, right? And we don't ever want something bad to happen to our children. Now, you know what? Um, you know what? The odds of your child taking their own or harming themselves or however you want to look at it is slim. But I'll tell you what. You want to make that conversation as normal as you can because, you know, if, if they are struggling, you want to help them. You love your kids. And I will say this. You know, I go to schools and people pull their kids out of my talk because they think talking about harming themselves or suicide is going to, you know, give them an idea of doing yeah. it. It's proven in studies that that talking about it actually helps and it puts a dent in the numbers and it will help your children. Uh, it does not create more of that. So, you know, it's we need to just have it in our homes. The other thing is we need to have it in our schools, right? We, I need to, I advocate for that. Um, it, it's so simple to teach them this stuff. This generation's better than our generation, of course. I mean, you know, think back to, um, you know, when we were all growing up and people, it was stigmatized. People didn't talk about it. And I always say this, and I'll finish with this, uh, and is that I didn't ask for a mental health issue. I didn't say, hey, God, or universe, or whatever, give me a mental health issue. So why was I punished for it? No more than someone asked for you know, cancer or whatever. Nobody asked for that. But why do we punish people for that? It's not their fault. Uh, brains break. <laughs> they do. So let's help people when, when, when they're struggling. And I think we're in a much better place now. Yeah, Corey, last question for me, and that's a tremendous explanation. I was writing these questions because, you know, my wife is a, a teacher and she comes home and she talks to me about different things. And, and of course, I'm a, a closet psychologist. Um, what is the difference between having a real mental illness, uh, like, uh, you know, really, yeah. really having depression, and then those kids that are like, well, that's my way to gain some of that spotlight among my social circles. How, how, how can you as a parent really understand, okay, this is real and not just, uh, yeah. you know, I got 20 people on TikTok that I'm talking to before I sleep at night and everybody's depressed <laughs> and, you know, maybe I'll be depressed too. I, I think there's probably two separate things there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, there is. There definitely is. But let's take it. We need to take all of it seriously. And and that's where, you know, like I go to therapy not for mental illness. I go for, you know, kids. I go, how do, okay, well, my relationship, all that stuff. Just Like I grew up, I had a coach growing up. Okay, but all of a sudden I'm supposed to know how to raise kids, right? Yeah. You can go to the expert, get great advice. Um, but, you know, you can tell when somebody's really struggling and it's, it's you know, borderline. You know, they're sleeping, you know, way too much. Uh, you know, we say teenagers lock themselves in their room and that's just the way it is. Well, if they're not coming out, something's up. You know, you got to go, you got to talk to them. And again, here's the other stuff. Put your phone down when you're talking to your kids. They just want your attention, right? And I'm guilty of that, too. <laughs> but as far as, you know, there's substance abuse. There's If their grades fall off a cliff and they're A students and all of a sudden they go to a D student, something's up. Like something's up. They change their friends. They start dressing differently. Like something is up there. Something's going on. So... Those are the serious mental illness stuff. But aside is, you know, we can teach our kids to take care of themselves, exercise, you know, gratitude, uh, you know, you know, meditation. Meditation doesn't have to be the chakras and all that stuff. It's like I go, I go, I live near the beach here in Vancouver. I just go and I sit and I just hang out and I just, you know, just relax a little bit. So there's so many things you can do for yourself. And it's, you know, but you got to take everything seriously with your kids because you never know. 
And That's right. The thing about mental health, you can't see it. Right? I can see a book, I'm like, I can't see mental health. So that's why we have to get people, encourage them to talk, because I, I need you to tell me, right? Uh, and that's that's how we're going to do it. But you know what, you guys, those are great questions. Thank you for allowing me to, to, you know, to talk, because it's you guys and your platform that help me get the message across. That's how we're going to help people. Uh, it's really, so, it's um, really important. Yeah, thank Be- you. Because, I mean, these are... You know, we do sports shows, but part of sports and what athletes go through, the ones that we, you know, root for on a daily basis, I mean, they go through these things. And I think it's important to, you know, to really bring that up. But, Corey, we, we appreciate your time. We wish you and the Vancouver Canucks nothing but the best moving forward, expect, except when they play Vegas. And uh, we'll definitely be talking, uh, talking down the road. All the best to you and your family. Absolutely. Anytime, you guys. You know that you've been you've been great to me. So yeah, and same here. Good luck to the night. Just not too much luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, there he goes, Corey Hurst, former NHL goaltender and current color commentator for the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to be right back. I mean, I love these guests. I mean, every guest we've had on today, I could talk to for an hour. Uh, and you're probably rolling your eyes because you no, no, no. have a million questions. No, 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 no. The, 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 uh, the, the, one, the one thing he said that I, I'll, I'll just look, hit, hit one more time. Listen. Yeah. When someone wants to talk to you, listen. Don't, don't try and solve it. Just listen. That's what, they, that's what they need. Well, that's a good rule of thumb for marriage as well. I, I've learned that. Yeah. You know, uh, the point. reason why, you know, I mean, like, Corey, I'll, I'll have it out there. I have a, you know, I was divorced once. You know, I've been together with my wife now for 11 years, but... You know, it was just a matter of listening and, and, and acting on what she was saying. It wasn't like, you know, her saying, we need a new kitchen table. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Anyway, I got to watch a game. <laughs> no, be a little proactive because the more you're proactive, the more she will be for you as well. We'll be back on Vegas Hockey Hotline. Let's We will welcome in former Golden Knights broadcaster and current host on Sirius XM NHL, Mike McKenna. We'll be back. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. 
Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Welcome back on Vegas Hockey Hotline. Let's welcome in our guest here in a, in a second. But before we do, I want to, okay, what, I, you got to play this long enough for me to know. Because these are, these are songs I didn't grow up in. We have this discussion at least every other day. Songs I didn't grow up with but still live in the fabric of my brain somewhere right next to not much of anything else. And a lot of airplay. There's still one-hit wonder. The Georgia Satellite. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay, so if I play this, uh, yeah, okay. I don't know, man. I, I, you know, one of these days when I get two seconds, I'm going to go a little bit deeper than, you know, Def Leppard's On Through the Night album. There had to be music before that, right? I'm sure there was. Of course, that I'm- album did. I, I think that album came out in 80. They formed in the late 70s. Okay. Been around forever. But there, there was the little thing called the British uh, invasion, starting yeah. in '64. Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, there was only one invader. <laughs> oh, that's fair. And they're still going. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that's Stevie Slapshot. I'm Dana Lane from the Brian Blessing Studio, sponsored by Station Casinos and the STN app, which I'm sure everybody's downloaded because Final Four is coming up. Um, this is we've had great guests today i I mean every single guy that's been on today i could talk to for you know two hours they would probably leave but 
I could still talk. But I want to welcome in former Las Vegas Wrangler, Golden Knights broadcaster, and current host on Sirius XM NHL Radio. Also an analyst for Daily Faceoff, uh, an, uh, a website I go to on a regular basis. And I saw today, you know, uh, this uh, Mike McKenna, who's going to join us, is, has a, a little bit of a column on there. And I'm like, oh, I bet you that's, that's Mike. And sure enough. So, boy, you're all over the place, Mike. And one thing I did want to bring up that I would have never pegged you for, and I think we're in the same boat, uh, you're a little bit heavier and harder than I am. Uh, I'll explain that, but talk about your favorite Swedish death metal band. Oh gosh, I think <laughs> thanks for the kind words. I, I I think this all must come from Wikipedia. It, it does like, for sure. It does. I know, and, and I don't know how it ended up there. Uh, probably because I was in a video for one of their songs. But there's a band called Amana Mars that yes. realistically it's Viking metal. You know, it's it's these oh. five dudes from Sweden with big beards and long hair and Viking metal. They they go it. in they go into Thor and Odin and Loki and and it's all just mythological stuff. So. I don't know. I really like it. The guitars are loud. It's kind of just like an updated Iron Maiden, really, is the root of what the music is like. And um, But you touched on a couple other things. Yeah, Daily Faceoff is my main gig now. I'm writing 10 pieces a week for them, doing a podcast it's called The Suitcase and the Scribe. And we're doing live streaming shows every day of the uh, Monday through Friday. So, yeah, we're real busy there. It started off as a you know, as a fantasy website for lineups, and now we're branching out into real content and doing that in SiriusXM, so staying plenty busy. And the thing about that website that I love and, you know, doing the various things that I do, I, I'm looking for the website that is the most quickest, uh, up-to-date. I, no matter whether it's morning line rushes or, you know, you know who's going to be starting goaltenders, you guys are, are pretty on it. Like, when I go to your site and I say, okay, what's – you know, first through four lines and, and the, the three pairings and power play, which you've added this year, and penalty kill, which you've added this year. I mean, you guys are right on it. It is not that big of a delay between, you know, something actually happening and it going on the website. So that's, a you know, certainly a pat on the back for your site. Yeah, definitely. You know, the people that started the site, uh, Brock Sagan's one and some others out of Edmonton, it, it just filled a void in the fantasy world. People needed to know who was starting, whether it was goaltenders or lines or who was in the lineup. And they've done a great job of being able to figure, of, you know, data mining different sources from around the league through different mediums, Twitter, uh, print, you name it. So people know who's going to be involved in the game. And, uh, and, and really the growth of that side is what allowed us to be able to expand our content side. So now we're producing, you know, stories and articles and, and news pieces just constantly. And um, it was what was so attractive to me. It was kind of getting into the ground floor of it. It's been a lot of fun. I want to take you back, Mike, to I believe 2006, 2007. Uh, you were with the Las Vegas Wranglers. Uh, this team was uh, 46, 12, and 14, something like that. I mean, talk about those years and how special they were. Uh, and it was you and Kevin Nastiak. You were, it was just a good mix of, of of skill with Derek Edwardson. You also have Sean Limpright, who just you know added that little bit of sprinkle of, of edginess to his game. I, I always have said this between the Wranglers. And the Thunder, who were you know preceded the Wranglers, there was no other city in my mind that had two d- d- better minor league teams that never won a title. 
I mean, it's a, at first you got, I think it was, well, you lost in six to Idaho. And then were you there part of the team that went to the Kelly Cup against Cincinnati? Uh, that was the year after. Year you know, after. The two years okay. that I was with the Vegas, with the Wranglers, man, we were so good. We set the pro hockey record for wins in a row. We won exactly 18 right. games in a row. And, I mean, that kind of gets forgotten because the team's not there any longer. But um, and, and, of course, it helped that we were playing in Vegas. There's no doubt about that. But we were really good. And both years, we lost to the eventual Kelly Cup winner uh, in the second round. We lost to the Alaska Aces my first year, which was 2005-06. And then the second year, 2006-07, we lost to the Idaho Steelheads. And they both went on to win. And then the following year after I'd left, the team goes to the Calder Cup or to the Kelly Cup Finals and loses there. So we had great teams. It was easy to recruit to Las Vegas. Glenn Gullitson was the key to he was the cog in the machinery that made everything go. Phenomenal head coach. Um, he's had a lot of success since then. And yeah, we had good players, and a lot of them that you mentioned. You know, Shane Limpright and I. We, Shane, I call him Shane. Sean Limpright. I, I thought Shane I got it wrong on the plane. <laughs> no. So we'd get on the plane and we'd always call him Shane. Well, good enough. <laughs> we'd, tell everybody, we'd tell people to say happy birthday to Shane. But, uh, but yeah, we had good players and we had a lot of fun. Those were great years in my career. To give you an idea, if you weren't around in town, how good not only that team was, uh, but how good you were, Mike. You were 46. If I did the math right, over two seasons, you were 46, 6, and 8. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't get there. It doesn't get any better than that. And there was real, just like with the Thunder, the Thunder had real rivalry with Utah. And you know, even if you spent one season in Vegas, there was a real rivalry that started with Idaho, probably ended with the Aces. And now those fan bases all the way down to the cowbell in the arena every time, because, you know, back in those days, you would play three games uh, because of the travel between here and Alaska. And their fans would come down and make a week of it. The cowbell would drive you absolutely nuts. I mean, could you feel the tension between the fans even at an ECHL game? Oh, yeah, maybe even more so. I mean, it got vicious, and that was before social media. Like, people weren't afraid to do anything, man. Like, you weren't going to get called out on Twitter for it, you know? Like, we didn't even have YouTube. I got, I was in a fight one of my, my first-year pro, and it doesn't even exist on, on YouTube because it wasn't on TV. So, I mean, people were, were rude and crass, and, but that's what made it fun, man. Like, those rivalries were real. The Alaska fans would come down. We'd go up there. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I would think more Alaska fans came to Vegas than vice versa. But, dude, it was just unique, that time frame especially. And, you know, the, the landscape of minor league hockey has definitely changed since then. Um, but, boy, it was really special. We had teams that were filling buildings. They were successful. And the quality of hockey was really good. I was so thankful that my career started there. Did you think you were – I mean, were there any doubt in your mind – that you were not going to win a title that year. I mean, you were so good. There was so much depth. You're fantastic, obviously, and goal. Uh, that throughout the history up until the end, I mean, they always had solid goaltenders. When you know, Mark Maglier Diddy was the first goaltender there, he was fantastic. Uh, did you ever, in a, in a million years, think you weren't going to win? And then on top of that, did you look at this market and say to yourself, this is a real hockey market that maybe probably you didn't think existed before you got here? You know, it's it's interesting because I never thought I'd win anywhere. And I don't mean that to be like humbly. Just, it's really hard to win, man. And even at that league and us being that good, 
it just proved the point that you need to have the right mixture, the right chemistry to go far. I'm not sure that we were quite tough enough, that we were quite built enough for playoffs. Mm. Um, and it just didn't work. It didn't work out. You know, and you see it in the NHL like that, um, that teams that you think are going to win for sure, they don't. And it takes forever to break through. And then, you know, by the time it was time to break through in Vegas, the team was gone, which was unfortunate. And frankly, I, I didn't know if Vegas could support an NHL team. I knew we did great at the ECHL level, but I wasn't sure if the fan base was there that would get excited about hockey in Vegas. I wasn't sure if the demographics worked in a lot of ways. And you know what? All it took was about a month of NHL hockey coming to town and a yeah. pretty magical first year. And, and obviously some circumstances with, I mean, the whole city rallied around the Golden Knights to heal around the Route 91 festival, the, ma- the tragedy that took place there. It's It was really amazing to come back to Vegas and see the hockey market it's become when I came back a couple of years ago to do broadcasting with the Golden Knights. You know, and Mike, it's kind of weird. It, it feels like the Misfits Part Two right now, with with all the injuries, and and you know, every night we're not sure who's on lo- what line with who, what the defensive pairings are. But here lately, they've they've hit a bit of a stride, and and I think part of the reason for that is a guy named Logan Thompson. What 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 have you seen in him? What do you like? What do you don't like? What does he need to work on? But but he's been really good here lately, and it seems like he gets better with every game. It's pretty normal for a goaltender who's just starting to really understand what it's like to play at the NHL level, and, and Logan Thompson fits that bill. Um, I got a chance to watch him often last year working games as a color commentator and analyst for the Henderson Silver Knights that we did on TV locally, and um, I, I really admire his natural game feel and athleticism. He understands the play well. He's got great reflexes, and that carries him. Now, there are times where I think his technical game's a little bit lacking. He's, he tends to attack pucks. He's all arms and legs because his, his stance is so low and wide that he doesn't really present the crest of the, of the jersey. So not many pucks hit him in the chest, and it creates unnecessary rebounds. And he's on his back and on his chest a lot. So if I were coaching him, I would try to clean those things up without stifling his natural ability to stop pucks because he's so good at it. And he's able to get himself out of jams because he is such an athlete. If anything, I would say he just needs a little bit of change of posture and a little bit more control to his game. But, hey, to start your NHL career, I mean, he's he started nine games. He's 5-4, and four, and he's got a 9-1-4 save percentage. That is a great start to an NHL career. Yeah, and I feel confident with him. If I feel confident as somebody who's trying to analyze the game, I know that the players on the ice feel confident with him, and I feel like he's getting better with every start. And I see exactly what you're saying, but uh, there are times where I feel like he is quiet in that, and I don't mean that in a negative as well. I, I think that uh, you know that sporadic play where he's a little bit out of control, I think that is getting better. Do you, do you see that? I mean, I maybe that's just a matter of having more confidence and getting playing time. Yeah, I do at times. Um, inherently, he's still the same goalie he was, and you know these are going to be talking points because I'm listen. I'm not even an NHL goalie coach, even though I'd put my credentials up against anybody when it comes to that ball, you know, to that area of expertise. Um, but you know, other goalie coaches have noticed these things. I'm sure Mike Rosati, the goalie coach of the Golden Knights, is something that he would work on Thompson with. But I, I think the biggest thing is he's got a great attitude. Like when you talk to Thompson, man, he smiles. He, he really takes pride in his position and where he is and he's had to earn everything and that's something that i love you know when you have to come in and fight for your job it it gives you a battler's mentality 
And he's had to have that. And it's the reason why it's easy to root for him, because he's really had to earn everything. He's had to pay attention to his craft. And he knows he's got to continue to improve if he wants to be able to stick as, as an NHL goaltender or even as a starter down the road. Yeah. Well, last question for you, Mike. Uh, it seems like it's been a little bit of a revolving door with the Vegas Golden Knights broadcasters. And I always thought uh, that it was cool that they had some former players. And, of course, your ties to Vegas, I, you know, for me, for being here for almost 30 years, I, I like that. And then kind of one day it seemed like you weren't there anymore. And I just wondered if you could explain the journey and, you know, how you got to that point. And then, you know, how did you, you know, settle in at Sirius and your daily face off and, of course, your own your own podcast. I always ask about these journeys because, you know, sometimes guys just, you know, they kind of disappear and you're like, well, where'd Mike go? Yeah, well, I mean, I tell you what, if I had my choice, I mean, I, I lost my time in Vegas, but um, I was told that the team was reshuffling the deck and hmm. uh, they were moving on without me. And that's the extent of an explanation I got, which was um, really un- not what I would have liked. I would have just liked to know what I could have done better or what I'd done, what I'd done wrong. Of and course. There apparently was nothing like that. You know, they, the team said, hey, we'd be happy to give you a recommendation anywhere you'd go. Somebody's going to get a great broadcaster. So I, I truly don't know the exact reasonings. I, I have ideas, um, but I'm very thankful for the chance I got. I stepped off the ice in April of 2019, and I was a broadcaster in October of 2019. That's unbelievable, and I'm thankful to the Golden Knights for that. Um, and, and when I realized I wasn't coming back, I – I had things to explore. I could have left hockey. Um, frankly, I could probably make more money doing other things outside of hockey. I have a degree in economics. I've made those contacts and kept them. But this is my passion. And the people at Daily Faceoff knew that I was able to write. I've done that my whole career while I was playing. Um, I didn't do it much with the Golden Knights because, it, uh, frankly, they didn't really seem to want me to write much. So yeah. uh, it didn't happen there. Um which was a little bit frustrating, but um, so I got that from Daily Faceoff. They knew I could do the TV and streaming. I've done my own podcast previously, and you know, quite frankly, I'm about as well-rounded as anybody comes in media that finished playing a year and a half or two years ago, like it was, and now it's three years. So um, that's kind of where it went to, and I decided I could be home in St. Louis where my family is, where my girls are. I could coach them, and I could do this job from home, and um, it's paid off. You know, I miss live TV a whole lot. I miss the fans in Vegas. I miss that feel of going live. Um, but I'm also really happy with my family here. Well, Mike, we appreciate you joining us. And you know, loyalty to me is a big deal. And sometimes when I don't see it, I'm not happy with it, especially with guys that I, I like. But, you know, not everything is going to be exactly w- the way you want it. But we do appreciate your time and uh, wish you nothing but the best with Sirius XM NHL Radio. And, of course, uh, you're, you're writing. And, I, and it sounds like you're happy now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And like I say, I, 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 I really miss the people in Vegas. It was great to be there over the All-Star weekend and a little bit leading up to it. And um, it was good to know that people enjoyed what I did yeah. as well. That's always fulfilling. So I appreciate you having me on today. It was great talking. Yeah, no problem, Mike. Appreciate it very much. That's it for Vegas Hockey Hotline today. We appreciate uh, We want to thank Mike McKenna, of course. And we also want to thank uh, Corey Hirsch. Ed Graney, Chuck Esposito from Sportsbook, from uh, Sportsbook Director from Station Casinos. Make sure you download that STN app. We'll be back tomorrow. Alex B. Smith, Mark Lawrence, David Shane, and Chris Peters uh, will round out the show tomorrow. For Stevie Slapshot, I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.